to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. So welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. You're listening to episode 148 of the show tonight. This is where we get to work, making work a passion, living creative full time. So if you're new to the show, this is where we interview artists, entrepreneurs, creatives, and people living alternative lives, doing the things that they want to do instead of the things that sometimes we feel like we have to do. If you are hanging out with us for multiple of times, I really appreciate you listening to the show. Anyone who is watching this live or hangs out on the live stream after in your news feed, feel free to comment on here. I'll always get back to you. And if I'm in the middle of like a spree or something like that, give me a second and I'll always shout it out and get to you. I sometimes just need a a few minutes to get through there. So on the show tonight, after a string of solo episodes, it's awesome to have a guest on tonight. And then I've got guests for the next four weeks in a row of going back into interviews like this bouncing around in 22. So thank you for joining me tonight. Really quickly and very punctually, I've got April Bielefeld, who is from, is it yourphototravelguide.com? Yeah, yourphototravelguide.com. Awesome. So has a business that's really unique, combining a bunch of different things. I haven't heard of this before, and I thought that that was such a cool concept. So we'll definitely get into that. Also, clearly by the name, a photographer, She is an artist. She is a podcaster, obviously an avid traveler from that. So we've got a lot of different things that we can break down and a lot of different things kind of like gelling together too between the different mediums. So welcome to the show, April. Thanks for being on and and jumping on so quick here. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. It's an honor. So I just really love what I do. I started it as a side hustle. I was working full time, like most of us have to do to pay the bills, have insurance and And then I just fell back in love with the camera, something I had as a kid and always like to travel and explore places. So this kind of just organically started happening. Yeah. So actually, I guess let's set the stage a little bit because we'll we'll definitely break down what you're up to. And and you said some even things right before our conversation here that I want to break apart too. But how exactly, you know, you were working your day job. Do you want to just talk through the story a little bit? Like what was the journey from where you were at? to what you're doing right now? How did this happen? You don't have to go into crazy detail, but just like, how did this all go down? Because it's really unique what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I was working full time in customer service, you know, like most people in nine to five. The benefit I did have at that job is we were on a 980 schedule, which hopefully more places are doing things like that, where we had every other Friday off. And that, yeah, it was, and then not the whole office would be shut down. So for as far as customer service, It was invisible to the customers, but half the team would be off on one Friday and the opposite Friday, the other group would be off. So it was important, you know, that you didn't have, you know, if you had to, you stayed with that schedule, but essentially that allowed me to go out and travel, do day trips, explore California because there's so much to see in California. Love photography. I was meeting other photographers just for day trips and then I was really passionate about doing gallery shows. I was in a photography club. I started entering my photos and 
winning awards and, you know, kind of figuring a lot of that is though knowing who the judge is, essentially, you know, what kind of mind frame the judge is in what their past work represented. I learned I could choose an image that was like, oh, you know what, that guy likes mountains. So I'm going to choose a scene, you know, some of that thought process. There's always there's always an angle, right? No, no, no pun intended. Right. No photo no. Pun intended, but <laughs> there's yeah, always exactly. an angle in every business. There's always like a not necessarily always a gatekeeper, but there's just always like a play where it's like it's not cheating. It's no. just the way things go down. And if someone likes mountains, you better take a mountain photo. You know what I mean? It's right. just the way to it's, you got to win. It's- Yeah, you got to win. And so I started getting awards. I started getting asked the questions because it's not about the gear. I I used to hate that question when you're showing your photos, you're at a a competition. Hey, what camera did you use? It's like, do we ask the baker what kind of oven they use to make the award-winning cake? Probably not. So it's kind of that same mentality. It's not the gear. It's just knowing, you know, photography, being passionate, you know, getting the image. And so people started getting curious, hey, where'd you get that? Where are you going? And so I started building kind of a little day thing where I would charge minimally, take people out to some of my favorite spots, some of, you know, and a lot of it's timing. And like we know with photography, especially landscape photography, it's like, you got to get out there early. You got to be set up. It's cold. It's dark. You got to wait. You got to be patient and get the shot. And I had a love for New England. So in the fall, I would go back to New England. We'll hear bring that, back- people? We got a yes. strong New England base. <laughs> we, we obviously, I'm from here. So this oh, place, good. this show started here with, and kind of webbed out with businesses that were local to me before I was meeting up with people like yourself and all over. So shout out, love to New England. April's oh, uh, giving you some love. Got yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> New England is packed with places to take amazing photos. We take them, enter them back in California. And same thing. You get people from California. They've never left the state. You get people from Los Angeles that don't know that there's these amazing little towns in New England that look like movie sets for real. And, for real. and so, Every yeah. Every King movie in the planet. Oh, exactly. Every Hallmark <laughs> movie has got to be filmed in New England. On the a lake coastline. Yeah, the coastline of Maine. I mean, fabulous. And you want to hit those like hidden coves. You don't need to go, you know, you can go to Acadia National Park, but there's so much more than the National Park. You just got to start driving and get down there. So essentially, I started just building the photo tours that way. And I would take off all of, you know, I would start to take on all my vacation time then in autumn, in the fall. That just became my passion. So I slowly started building this reputation, built a website. Fall Photo Trips was, is my other website that ties into the same site. But again, playing mm-hmm. on those words, playing on that strength, you know, kind of went from there. And then a couple of years ago when, you know, things started to get, I was working with more bands and I actually toured with a band and did a lot of their band photography, which is a totally different mindset. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. Super yeah. different. Very different. Things you got to shoot, you know, what those, what they're going to be used for, total different day to day. Different gear, different mentality, different skill set. And some of just those skills of, you know, if someone asks if you can do it, just say yes and go out there and do it. I just, you know, learn as you go. Don't, a lot of people want to get perfect and perfected. I say learn as you go. Start small, you know, whatever your passion is and build as you, as you go, you know, keep adding on. You can always start with small packages, small pricing, 
don't start too small. I mean, I, there's that pricing is a tricky thing. You price yourself too low, you're always going to be viewed kind of in that category. And sometimes yep. it's hard to break above that. So do your research, be smart. But and then your portfolio is not as good because you're doing right, less exactly. work. You right. Know, and you're not as happy snowballs. Yeah. Keeps it going. Does snowball. Wow. All right. So there's tons of things just in that one little section that I want to break down. First of all, I like when you're just talking about how you had like the every other Friday off and it was like, okay, well now I have like these long weekends. And that's kind of how like these between your networking and like being out and like, as you're saying, doing it as you go and traveling, that's kind of like how this idea occurred of, of creating this. And I like that point because I talk a lot about like, you know, it's okay to have a day job if you're working your way into it, but like you need to have the right day job if your goal is to not have it. It has to do things that suit the need of your creative. So it's like for for me, I'm outside sales, so it's appointment based. So I can do all of the things that I do around everything every single day. So my day is a weird mix between every single thing that I'm I'm doing and Yours was like these every other Fridays led to these long weekends and that created these things. So it's totally cool to have a day job, but like make sure you have the right one for what you're trying to do so that it's it's pointed and getting you to where you want to be at. So I like when you were telling that, that that's literally the creation of your idea because you had that time, you had that ability on there. And then you were talking about staying, you know, going to places, doing unique things for the shot. The other day I did a TikTok video showing some of the behind the scenes of me having photos for my band shot. And I'm always doing weird shit. Yeah. And I said, I said on there, like, I, I was like, does anyone like, like I was, I was literally getting like 30 black balloons blown up at a party city oh so that I could go stand in front of like a old movie theater sign holding a bunch of black balloons and there's cars driving by and stuff. And it's just like, to me, I woke up on a Tuesday and I just went and did that. But I right. thought about it at the end of the day. And I was like, how weird does it seem to some people that like on a Tuesday afternoon, I'm just standing by a highway two hours away from my house holding black balloons. And it's just like, for me, I wake up and I'm, I eat my cereal. I go get the black balloons and I go out and do it. Like nothing happened. But I, I recognized how weird that must be to people right, who right. are not living that life. So I, yeah. I totally love when you like, being in the right spot to get the shot, it's like, it's worth it because you you don't want a shot ever, even if it's a very simple thing and it's a very simple statement or a minimalist or whatever, there's still always a huge point that it's making. And it's still yeah. about capturing a moment. And how do we have this moment say something no matter what, how, how loud or quiet the voice is. And it's like, that's the point of all of it. So it's like, if you aren't doing the, you know, going down that path where you have to hike X amount of miles or you're not willing to travel to a spot or to get up at 5 a.m. or stay out to whatever. These are like the reasons for that. You don't, if you don't really care that much about photography, then that's totally, I totally get it. If you're just having fun, do it up. But it's like, if you're trying to get that shot, you have to do some weird stuff and some yeah. crazy stuff to get the shots that you're seeing on all these magazines and Instagram and oh, whatever. Exactly. Like that's what people are doing. They're doing crazy things to get them. So I like that you're oh, completely that no. <laughs> exactly. And when you're working with models, that's something that I always tell my models too is like if 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 I tell you to take a pose and it feels uncomfortable, that's when it's gonna look really good 
in the lens and it's going to transfer to something amazing. You have to be uncomfortable. Sorry, you have to, you know, you have to get into those positions and the models understand it too. I mean, yeah. even when they're starting out after they do it a couple of times, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to be out in the desert. It might be cold and I have to contort myself, but yeah, look what she got after I did that. Right. So it's getting out of your comfort zone sometimes too. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. Like for me, just for like, I, I am an audio engineer and I work in some other creatives, but really that's my bread and butter is just that music. But my father was a huge photographer and he used to do like some photographs for like some magazines and some like good, good gigs that he was doing. So he was always exposing me to either weekend trips. I would go out with him and I would have like a lesser camera, but he would show me things to, to do, to, to utilize right. it, or he'd show me Photoshop and things like that. But I was used to, I guess maybe that's where some of that comfort for me to do the weird stuff comes from because I would be 13 or 14 and he would be walking through the house and he'd have like 40 snakes or something like that. He'd like, yeah, I'm going to go do the shoot. And I'm like, what in the hell is, yeah, you know, exactly. like I've got to, I've got to rent this motorcycle so I can drive this into a mill building or whatever is always weird, weird stuff or, or, or go get a, one time he went and got like a ton of mannequins. Like, I don't know if he like rented them or or got them from a dumpster or something, but there were mannequins posed all over the place. And it's like being exposed to that. I always love having different creatives. That's why I've I've opened instead of just niching to just audio and music. I just love the common language between all of us with whatever your medium is. I really believe that the process, the way that we work towards it or think, I feel like it's the same things that we do to do it. And it's, and it's always interesting to me of what is it that makes each person pick each medium that they pick? It's so interesting. And would, what if that person did these other things? I don't know. I I think about that all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes the medium finds you. I mean, I was painting for a while. I went, I went into fashion design. I've done a lot of different creative things, but it's like, photography kind of came back full circle. And then, like I said, when I started realizing I kind of had a gift for timing and just my eye of seeing places and seeing what it would look like. And sometimes you have to imagine what it's going to be like. You don't always, I mean, I've chosen stuff off of Instagram now and maps and gone to a particular location when it's dark and said, okay, I'm just going to wait and be surprised. What do we got here? And work, work with that, you know, go with it. Yeah. What's a, this is a kind of a sidebar, but just out of curiosity, what's like the weirdest or hardest or craziest shot or spot that you've you've gone to so far oh my gosh any any pop out or or too Um, many pop out (laughs) there's a a lot i mean in california you've got like the salton sea where you've got salvation mountain you've got all these like abandoned places and just oddball stuff out there kind of in the middle of the desert and then you've also got the crunch of the last minute call where you know a band calls you and they're like we need you to come down to this rehearsal studio tomorrow and get something and and you're looking around and sometimes you're you're having to come up with an idea and a theme for them because they don't always know yet what their look is they don't know you know you're not always familiar yet like what direction they want to take it so you kind of have to give right. them some ideas and infuse you know try to get their mind to start thinking and then Trying to get five guys sometimes to, you know, throw on different outfits and just like give you something off beat in a small beat up rehearsal studio can be a trick. You know, that can be a a challenge. It doesn't feel like for me, I, I am so bad about taking photographs of myself in places that like my wife and I have started to like really hold ourselves accountable because we saw like big gaps of time where they're just like, 
no pictures. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's bad because I'm I am so about being present and in the moment that I, I love traveling. I love traveling. But when I'm there, I am so about like, I need to soak this up and I'm like immersed in it and I'm really focused. And so a lot of times I'll be in the space being hit with the history or the view or whatever. And I'm so like hit by that, that I like don't want to take myself away from that to take the photo. But those photos are so stinking important, you know, know, that it's like, Later on, you can't, it's a way to capture a moment and then relive in little fragments that moment. And that's an amazing thing to have that it's, it is worth that. But it's, it's, it's funny. But like I, I, I align with those, those five people from that band where it's like, I don't like it or I'm not yeah, used to it or you don't know right. what to do. But at right. the same time, it's also like what you're saying earlier where it's like the poses that you're not comfortable. It's like even models, I'm sure it's like, you don't know what you're supposed to do if you're trying, if you don't know what mood it is and th- right. you're just always trying to find it. And every photographer that I've ever been with that's really good is always looking for me to do something organically, but they're only going to give me enough to like guide me in the right direction if they're like, what you're doing is wrong. But instead of being like, literally sit there and, know. you know, hold your face or something, they're just like, all right, your, your vibe for your band or like this album or, you know, for your business or whatever is this, you're trying to, you know, talk to this people, you're trying to do this, like, think about that. What does that make you feel like? Where are you at? And then does things to environment or picks, picks different spots to be at changes lighting. And then you're trying to capture and create that moment. But it's like that authenticity of like someone's natural reactions when they don't know what they're supposed to do. They're like, I don't know, but I can right, right. think that this is the vibe <laughs> and you just see until you catch something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's part of the photography tours too, is I've started even taking couples or groups and I tell them like, enjoy the moment and let me capture you in this moment. So you have those memories for later because it is, it's two different mindsets, even for myself. Sometimes yeah. I, I just don't want to be behind the camera. I want to like, just enjoy watching the leaves fall or watching the waves hit the light, you know, hit near the lighthouse on the rocks and not think about it visually like that. And sometimes because my husband is a musician too, sometimes I just tell him, I want to go to this gig and I don't, please don't ask me to take pictures because <laughs> I can't really focus on, you're going to ask me later how that song sounded. And I'm not even, because when you're looking through the lens and you're looking at it that way, it's hard yeah. to kind of have analysis, right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I've started to dissect that a lot more of like the moments that you're analytical and the moments that you're creative. And I just did like a, an episode on like keeping lightning in a bottle, like the creative moments. And I've noticed with myself when I have the engineer hat on and I'm like editing drums or I'm like EQing things and I'm like hitting frequencies and I'm doing things for cleanup and all these things, it's very analytical And I'm very bad at being creative in those moments. I'm very like focused on that one thing. But then when I'm creative, it's like very messy and sloppy. It's not like organized like that. Like everything in the engineer brain is color coded and it's named a certain file wise and all the files go in a certain path and all of it's organized. When I'm creative, I'm writing a song or I am uh, like coming up with like I'm starting clothing. Like you said that I'm working on stuff like that. When I do that, it's like, all scribbled paper stuff is everywhere. I can never find any of the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A different brain turning on for me. And and same would be at a concert where sometimes I go to a concert and I'm like, I'm going to be in this concert and I'm going to go crowd surf or I'm going to go right into the crowd. I'm going to go hang out up front. I'm going to whatever. 
But then sometimes I'm like really analytical and I'm like paying attention to like, how is this artist setting up all their gear? How are they doing these things to be able to perform in the order for the different things that they're doing or something? And they're just different minds on and off depending on the, what you're focused on. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. What would you recommend for the people that are behind that photo? If they do feel like those five guys or like me sometimes or or (laughs) like that, and they're like, I'm not comfortable, or I don't really know what to do, or I don't know what I wanted to to get. Like you're, you're saying like, sometimes they don't know what they want. You know, they they know that they need photos, but they're like, I don't know what our vibe is. What are some things that you could recommend for some advice to some of those people, April, of maybe, you know, they're prepping for their band photo shot or their business photo shot or whatever. What are some things you could recommend to them of ways to think or prep for that or, or exercises maybe that would get them in the right headspace before they hit that shoot? Yeah, sometimes it's like looking for examples, you know, because I mean, we're all visual people look at other people's examples of other bands because, it, you know, it's better to tell me up front, like, hey, we, we're looking for something like this, or we don't want to look like this. Because if you just kind of leave it up to me, you know, my vision is going to be possibly different. Your photographer is mm. going to have a different idea. And then later, it's hard to, for them to come back and go, you know what, that wasn't what we were looking for. I mean, yeah. you can go both ways. Otherwise, it's just, you know, put on, you know, just envision that you're performing. I Sometimes you literally have to just tell them to go back to their instruments, get comfortable, do their thing, and then jump off. And now just give me that, give me that energy. Because it's a lot of it's like that, you know, it's just that idea of like, oh my gosh, my picture is going to be taken. And for some reason, even though they're performers yeah. or they're used to speaking in front of people, they just freeze up. I think we all do it. We all get nervous. Yeah. Just be yourself, you know, bring something that you're comfortable in. I think it's really important if it's a image that you want to portray your personality, you know, bring your favorite thing. I may still bring items that I think is going to, you know, suit the shot that I have in mind, but you know, if you, if you bring me a shirt and we can work together, then you're going to oftentimes get a better result. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I've gotten like better at it over the years. But I, I remember initially it was like, I, like I'd be in a metal band. I'd be like, I'm just supposed to look mean. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> I guess I'll just wear black and a leather coat. I don't really know, you know, like, right, and, exactly. but, and there wasn't a lot of thought and it was just trying to find like areas. And, and, but as I've gone, it's like last photo shoot, I had three different outfits. All of them were picked like far in advance or I ordered different things. I had props, I had locations. I had all of this picked out for my photographer. And then he, when we're in those situations, he was able to direct me with his skills of like, all right, I know what vibe you're getting. I know what you right. want to do. Yeah. But like now I see the scene through photographer eyes and I know lighting and I know like how you should be positioned with this thing. And I'm seeing shapes and where like the, I don't know, you guys know like the laws of three or all the symmetrical right, things exactly. or everything like that. But it's quite a process. And before the shoot too, you can, you know, now we all have the beauty of our cell phones. You can just, you know, put on your outfit ahead of time and take a picture of yourself and look at it. You know, I've had guys later, they're like, oh, well, that shirt makes me look heavy or something, you know? <laughs> so it's like, look at your clothes ahead of time. And if we have to pin it, we have to fix it. I mean, these are all small things we can do. But if you look at it ahead of time, you'll start to see like, hey, you know, you what that color is not so good on me or whatever it is. So yeah. And I guess like recently back to back, I had like a photo shoot for my business and a photo shoot for my band. And my band is an alternative Rocky band. So it's weird shots. Like I was saying, yeah, there's such different shoots and it's weird oh, because they were within four days of each other. So it's oh, like, wow. I felt like 
those four those four days from each other, I had to be two very different people in a short amount of time. And it's it's just interesting to like I, I do a lot of things to like get in my headspace for the session too. I don't know if you do that as a photographer where like if I'm oh, trying to feel a certain way or like whatever, like I want to spend time to like listen to music that are all that way or or whatever to like get the right feel, you know? Right. And that's a big part of it. I mean, relax yourself, put on tunes or music or bring some of your music. I mean, cause sometimes you're in a sterile environment to take the shots, you know, bring some music, let's throw it on. If that helps the vibe, it helps loosen you up. It helps you get into that character that you want to present to the photographer. Yeah. yeah. What were the biggest differences that you saw? Because I know you're doing so much of the travel group as your primary. And then you had this band be like, yo, let's go on tour. What were some of the differences that you saw? I know that you, you said gear, but like, you know, day to day or for people out there that might be photographers being like, there's so many different spaces that I could be in to do this as a business. What were some things that you saw between those two things? Or, or what would you say to other people out there that are trying to pick like their their niche in terms of like, I know that I'm a good photographer or I can be, but I don't know where I want to be at. Cause that's the same in all creative. You can be a graphic oh, designer is. and do a business or bands or, or all these different things. You can be, uh, you know, any, anything, all, all creatives. I, I feel, I, I think go that way where you have all these different things and there's such a different. That's an excellent <laughs> question. Cause I, I always encourage people, especially in something with photography, since that's kind of what my niche has been is just try. I mean, like, you know, I've been a second shooter at a couple weddings, but then I quickly realized like, I don't want to be the prime photographer at a wedding. That's a whole different mindset. There's a lot of different pressures that go into that, but try it, you know, get, take the opportunities you can ask around oftentimes on the internet or through your networks or for through Facebook groups or meetup groups. You can meet other photographers and go with them on a couple shoots and try it. Yeah. Same with band photography. I mean, there's always bands looking for photos and try it. And it's a lot different between say doing studio or posed band photos versus the live photography. I mean, the live band photography is a completely different thing. Right. And it's not, it's not for everybody. I mean, A, choose music that you like or you know, what are the rules? A lot of venues have very strict rules as far as how long you can be close to the stage. If you're part of the band or have a photo pass, that can change that playing field dramatically. But a lot of times, yeah, you're shoulder to shoulder with the entire crowd. And at times, yeah, I'm a little crazy. Bit I'm a little introverted. So sometimes that whole crowd thing is very, I have to literally put my mind, you know, I have to get to the gig early, stake my spot, hold my spot, and then just focus. This is my yeah, space. Exactly. I'm yeah. taking photos here. Right. Don't come here. Don't put right. your gear down next yep. to me. <laughs> yep. And, and like be big and like keep your arms on the stage and just like mark out that spot and really yeah. just like mentally focus on the band and moving and what I need to do and try to just block out everything that's high, you know, happening behind me Yeah, or, you know, talk to security. I've made friends with security where then you have access maybe, you know, behind stage or to get closer to stage, those types of things. Nature photography is an entirely different thing. I mean, there's I people that imagine. go, yeah, you can go and photograph wildlife and you can all spend the Nat Geo hours. guys out there. Oh, and yeah. Guys. They're doing, they're like 
face to face with like an eel or like a, yeah. a seal, I mean, that will like destroy them in the Arctic circle. Right. And you're like, it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy exactly. life that you're trying to yeah. do. They're probably laying <laughs> in the woods like a hunter for 12 hours trying to get that shot. And you're like, right. it's very different than a concert full of people behind you. Yeah, it's, just different very lives, different. You know? it's just different lives. But I really encourage people to like go back and, and find things they enjoy doing. The more you're passionate about something, which is really like what your podcast and what this is all about is yeah. would you rather spend your time and your hours working at something really hard or something that you're not so happy with or investing in things that really bring you joy? I mean, the band photography is one of those instances where, like I said, I'm not super extroverted and I may not hang out with all the bands and such, but it's such a high of like getting to be in that position that I'll overcome those challenges to be, you know, next to stage, get all the amazing shots and then just like, disappear like Houdini and, you know, get the pictures processed as quickly as possible. So you can mentally and physically overcome things if your goal is, you know, your happiness and what you enjoy, what you want to get out of it. Mm, That's awesome. That's a really great tip about just trying it because like I used to do live sound and studio. And like when I was in college, I did a lot of live sound. I did studio. I did worked at a record label for a summer. I worked in the back end of stuff. So I, I worked in, in, in all sorts of different parts of it. It kind of gave me a picture of things that I liked. But then initially when I started my business in audio, I remember I had a live sound portion in a recording portion. And there was so much pressure in the live sound portion that there's pressure in the studio too. But it's just different when you have like literally thousands of people. And if right. you do something wrong all of the things that they paid for is ruined. And they look back at you being like, fix this thing. And not only fix this thing, but literally immediately before I get upset and it needs to be perfect. That is not the same thing as in the studio (laughs) where I have like different takes that I can do. It feels more creative to me. Like the other, the other thing I didn't like was like live sound. It's like, if something was wrong, someone would look at me and they would be like, fix this thing. And it wasn't always the thing to like make the thing sound the best. It was just like whatever makes it so that I keep performing and nothing looks like something happened. Do right. that thing. It could be yeah, the, the exactly. crappiest mic that I swapped out. It could be I, I'm giving them crappier instruments. I'm giving them <laughs> crappier things or I'm, I'm shutting down effects or I'm shutting down whatever to like save something on the board or whatever. But it was always like not about the creative for me. It didn't feel like artistic. Right, it was right. like just like a problem solving thing, a high pressure stakes problem solving thing. And I didn't feel that, but I have friends that are live sound engineers. They don't feel pressure like that. They absolutely love it. They just, they feel part of the show and whatever. So it's like, I wouldn't have known that that 100% wasn't for me and then gone a million percent into the studio stuff. If I didn't try that, you know, or if I didn't try management or other things, it's like, you don't know what pieces of the, of the pie that you like until you give it a try. So it's worth doing it for a couple of people, Completely. do it for free, do it for low cost, do something just to see what you think about it before you count it out or before you count it in and start buying gear or things that you that are orientated towards it that you shouldn't have, you know? Oh yeah. I always, I always suggest that. I mean, try it first. Don't go all in on expensive gear. You know, start with what you have. And then, you know, even with some of the studio band stuff, I mean, I just started with the cameras I had and decided, you know, if I really like this, you know, then I'll invest more, then I'll, you know, get more invested into it. 
But yeah, you yeah. never know at the beginning. You really have to just try it. I think it's like anything. And there's yeah. so many different ways you can go with any of it, whether it's family photography. I mean, you can do just outdoor nature stuff. You can just be all inside studio. I mean, but you do have that flexibility depending on the situation to pick and choose what you will and won't do. Right. And I like that I'm, I always harp on like gear isn't the solution. It isn't the the magic trick and things like that. So I like that you're just saying like, you know, for the people on your travel thing, if your iPhone, if that's what you want to do, do it up. We can still work on things and make it an amazing photo. And you're just talking about like using what you had for the photo shoots for bands when you're getting started. And I think the saddest thing that I could ever hear from someone is they explain to me, like they're asking me for something like advice in audio or music. Right. And they haven't done something for the past three or four years because they're like, I just didn't have the equipment. And I'm like, dang, like, don't tell me that. Like, like if you start up with a $50 interface and a $50 microphone, you will start learning things. You'll start experiencing things. People start working with you. You'll get better. You'll have to, you're, you have to like create problems for yourself to fix. And it's like, if your beer, your gear is bad, but you're doing it, you're learning what problems are with the gear. And then you're, you're coming up with solutions. So when you have good gear, you're just an absolute animal because oh, exactly. you have less problems in your way right. with things that you're doing. But it's like, you can't do that unless you do it. So when people are like, I'm not going to get into photography because I can't afford like a a $3,000 camera. It's like, if you love photography, like start taking pictures with your iPhone and then oh, edit them. I agree. do whatever you want to do. But like, you know, you'll start understanding lighting. You'll start understanding just the biggest portion, which is this artistic, the biggest artistic piece of photography is choosing the right photo. It's like, right. that can be, that's, that's, you know, that's what separates someone like me who takes pictures of things with a photographer is, is those choices and those embellishments and ways to catch that is really what makes it, you know, that yeah, you're, you're makes always, an audio person. So. Right. You can always get the gear. You can always rent gear. I always suggest to, I hate when people are like, they get a big assignment or they're going to take a big, amazing trip. They're going to go to New England for the first time. And they call me up and they're like, what camera do I buy? I'm like, if you're buying it like a week before you're going to go, I'm going to say, don't do it. Just, just bring your, oh, yeah, you know, you won't know how to use it yet. Yeah. You won't know how to use it. And honestly, if you're, you know, if you're standing there, it's all happened to us, you know, and all of a sudden the moose comes out of the water and walks right in front of you. If you don't know which button to hit, but you had your cell phone, you could have gotten it with your cell phone because you know how to use it versus fiddling with all these, you know, yeah. you can have the best, most expensive Canon camera, Nikon, Sony, whatever. But if you, you clean don't that baby that, up and you put yeah. it on your wall, no one's going to be asking you what you took no. it with. They're going to be like, dang, no. look at that moose. Right, exactly. Right? <laughs> it's the same as the band photography, you know, being ready, whatever is in your hand. I mean, the person in the front row is getting a cell phone shot if they watch for the right, the you know, the leap of the, the singer or the expression and they capture it. That's going to go on the front page of a magazine before your expensive photo that you waited and waited or told yourself, I'm not going to do X, Y or Z. Yeah, just just go and do, you know, and yeah. learn as you go. I really think practice, practice, practice. Don't don't put roadblocks in front of yourself of like, oh, well, I'll go do that when I get X. No, you you want to start now with what you have. Beg, borrow, or steal it if you have to. I mean, people are giving away cameras every day. Yeah, you know, if you don't have one, and just start with what you know and build practice. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's like, I look back at my earlier stuff and you're always like, I'm better. I'm so much better than that. Oh my God. I was so bad at that time. But it's like, you can only be the best at what you are at that point in time. And that's like kind of the fun of it is like being able to look back at different times and hear different albums that I've done for people. And it's like, they were a different musician at that time. They're better musicians now than at that time we did that record together. I'm a better audio engineer now than when we did that record together. But there was something about us meeting up at that moment that makes whatever that product was, whatever it was supposed to be at that time. That's the beauty of creative is you're always just capturing moments, but you're influenced by different things. You've lived different portions of your life. You're in a a different stage of your life, a different age that's interacting with different uh, issues and positives. And it's like, there's just this natural simplicity of like all the complexities that we create in our head. At the end of the day, it's like you are just capturing in your medium, whatever it is at that point in time to whatever abilities you and the other parties that are involved are at that time. And that's kind of like the magic of it. You know, it's supposed to be that way. Yeah, it's completely the magic of it. Just completely. And and I love that's part of the joy of going out with other photographers, doing different shoots with different bands. And that's why bands, too. It's important to note that, you know, this album that you they may ask you to photograph it. But a week from now, they're going to ask someone else, possibly. And it's just they're they're going to get different images. No two people are going to see that experience the same. There's no real other way to explain it. I can be standing next to another photographer looking at the same lighthouse and they're going to see the way the light is hitting one side of it. The next person is going to be looking at the wave and the rocks and someone else is going to be, who knows, just looking at the play of the colors against each other. It's just so amazing how different our perspectives are in our eyes. Yeah. That's what makes you you. Right. And that's why I tell people they're starting out to create their business. Sometimes they think, oh, well, there's so many other people doing wedding photography or there's so many other bands. You know what? There's enough wet people getting married, bands, you know, creatives. There's enough people out there. Go and do your thing and be you and pursue it. Yeah. Unless we actually hit that moment where like this earth is uninhabitable <laughs> and people yeah. stop doing the things that they do, people are going to keep getting married. People are going to keep being in their band and going on tours and taking new photos. Nature, hopefully, is going to still be there. You know, yeah. it's just like these things are, are are abundant and it's really easy to have a like scarce mindset to it where you're just like there are because there are there are more of a lot of these things than there ever have been because of modern society. We have more ways to, you know, live off of the income for it. We have more content media and things that need all of our creative and that than has ever existed the consumption rate is unbelievable we 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 all have jobs if we want them it's easy to kind of think that you can't because there's so many but it's actually the opposite there's so much consumption there's so much need as long as you're you then you are the only person that can deliver that type of thing and that's what people are attracted to or not attracted to. It's actually good to be polarizing, I think. Yeah. And it's good to be selective. I think you brought up a good point. At some point, it's good to be honest with yourself and your clients of what you know, what you can and can't do. And I don't mean that even from a skill level. I just mean what your comfort level is, you know, and have those communications. You know, it's better, you know, in the beginning, we'll all think, oh, I can't turn down any jobs. I don't want to turn down any creative projects. But it's almost the opposite. If you take on a project where your gut is telling you like, oh, it's not a good fit. I don't think, you know, we're 
in the same headspace, this person that wants to join my trip, I'm not sure that they are on board with how the trip's going to go or, you know, that we're getting up early and that we're, you know, going to do these photos and, you know, just whatever the gist is, or here's my ideas for this band and they have different ideas. And if we're not kind of working together and I take that client on, ultimately yeah. I've run into some just, you know, a bad experience for both of us. And, and sometimes that can come back and, you know, again, now with uh, the internet, you know, you don't want a bad review out there. You don't want, and plus that bad experience on your soul as a creative person, it kind of weighs you down because you feel like, oh, I failed. And how could I have fixed that? And ultimately that failure, and I've had it happen is, you know what? I knew going into it, something told me that this wasn't a good match. And I should have just said, you know what? No, thank you. Because there'll be another client. There'll be another job tomorrow. That's right. Yeah, it's no, it's not a fun time for anyone if you're not like yeah. a good match. You know, there's there's people I've recorded in the past that I love them as human beings, and I want nothing more than for them to succeed. And I keep seeing them, and I'm still friends with them, and we're still hang out and do everything. But I would never work with again. You know what I mean? On a professional oh, yeah. level, and it's just like it's just we're not compatible for that thing. You know, we're compatible as friends, but after doing that process, I'm just like, we're not compatible with that. Like we just don't work together. Our personality, right. the way that we look at things, the way that we communicate, we're not able to communicate effectively, like all these different indicators. Uh, at the time, you know, it's, I didn't have the ability to be selective because I was like, I just need to work. Yeah, I need to exactly. do things. I need to learn. I need to keep going. But as I, as I go older and I'm more active and I, I have more choices, it's not to say that you shouldn't take the chance, but it's just like, if you're getting indicators, sometimes you just, you have learned over time after seeing them and then being in the situation, you start to get a real feel for what are the indicators for the types of things that don't work well with me as a creative that make it so that I give bad results and a bad time for the people that want to hire me that may not, they might not be able to see that because maybe they haven't done this as many times as I have. Right. I've gotten more empathetic also to other, because I had to hire photographers, videographers, and graphics. I had to hire people all the time that are other types of creatives. I've gotten a lot more empathetic to when someone doesn't take one of my projects on, or that maybe they don't answer me or something. And I used to be like really defensive against that. And now it's like just understanding it over time. You just really understand. You're like, okay, I think that they don't understand where I'm coming from, or they feel like we aren't a good fit, or they're not going to be able to deliver it. And it's no, you know, personal thing against me. It's just like business. It's just normal. Yeah, business. It's just, it's like it's just what's going to work and what's not to, right. to give everyone what they want out of it. No, no one wants to lose, you know? No, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I guess, uh, cause we're, we're hitting through this episode. We, we've had a lot to pick out here. I want to make sure that I like talk on your business model here. I've never heard of someone doing I'm sure that it's out there now that like I've I've been into contact of this. I bet you I could find it, but it's like I've never met someone that their their primary or or their business model is traveling with groups of people as a photographer to show them where they can take great photos. It sounds like a great thing for me where like I love traveling and oh, I will yeah. go to places as far as I can possibly go away from my home to experience <laughs> culture and food. And I'm a super foodie. Just get the vibe of like what else is happening and, and, and try to get a bigger picture for humanity is, is the same thing everywhere. And we're just doing different things places. And it's really thought provoking to understand that. So I love travel and I love my creative. If I ever combine them and I have some plans for the future of how I can, 
that is such a cool thing to be able to not only be a photographer, teacher, to teach people how and where to take photos, but you're also getting to travel to these places and the oh, time yeah. of year that you absolutely love and guide through people through it. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about that business model? And, and I know that you were starting to explain like how that came to be from those long weekends out and trips and, and getting a name for it. But I, I yeah, love the model. It's so cool, April. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. And there are, if you go on the internet and you're going to travel yourself, a lot of times it makes a great way to add to your travels. Like now that I've kind of gotten my dad hooked on it too, like even seeing cities at night, like if you go to London, there are people that will take you out for night photography in London, or, you know, it might be sunrise photography, whatever it is, it's whatever you're passionate about. And it might be just a couple hours, it could be a full day, or in my case, it's like, a full week where I'm taking people around New England and showing them, you know, lighthouses and covered bridges and waterfalls and all of that. So it's starting with what you know. So if you live in a place that has these potentials, whether it's even murals, I know in Los Angeles, there's a whole arts, you know, a lot of arts going on with people painting um, murals on buildings, right. And some of these areas, they are, they're not in the best parts of town, you might say. So you want to, align yourself, like maybe find a second person to go with you, go scout it out and just start building like small morning trips. Because if you go to those places super early in the morning, they tend to be pretty safe then. And that's a good time to go or whether it's areas where there's great architecture like Boston or, you know, Portland, Maine, there's little nooks and crannies. You yeah. Can yes, <laughs> exactly. Represent. And you can start with even just stuff in your own neighborhood. I know Airbnb now, you can do Airbnb experiences. You don't necessarily have to be an Airbnb host, but you can look at yourself as providing an experience, a photo walk, and maybe it's just a walk and you're showing people using their eyes, like give them like, hey, we're going to look for details in, in architecture. Or maybe it's if people is your thing. There's so many people that now, like you said, we're in a world where people need content, women, men, they want stuff for their Instagram feed. So you can go on Facebook, you can go to Meetup. There's probably other platforms too, where photographers and and people that want to get into modeling or just get photos, you can meet up on a weekend for a couple hours in a particular neighborhood and practice that shooting, practice that photography exchange. That's cool. Yeah. And just start building it from there. Advertise yourself in these spaces. I think Eventbrite is another place you can start advertising. And now with Zoom, you can start sharing stuff on Zoom, whether it's just tips about photography or, you know, go out and take a little video of what is in your area. There's just so many different ways you can go with stuff. Have you tried any of... Have you done anything to offer any of your stuff on Airbnb experiences? Because that's such a new, it's such a new, a new platform. Thing. I'm interested in it. You know, yeah, I'm interested in it. And but since I live in you know the West right now, and most of my stuff has been centralized on the East, I haven't quite figured that out just yet. Yeah, how that might work. I have a couple of inns and bed and breakfasts that I work with in Vermont, so I'm tempted to ask them if I can kind of work it through their address and list it that way. But I think it's a great avenue to explore. Yeah, because I saw, I think I was looking at things that I could get for my brother and sister, and they were traveling, and I looked at like an Airbnb experience of hiring a photographer at like Disney World, which I didn't end up doing. You guys are listening. I'm sorry, I got you something different because I couldn't do that. (laughs) Couldn't work out logistics for where you were at. But it's like, I was looking at that and I was like, that is such a cool 
concept to be able to offer it because really, uh, uh, you know, people obviously use Airbnbs for for practical, for business, for everything at this point. But I would say that it began with a lot of experience based things of like, how do I not be in this like fake little box thing of a hotel where like I still stay at hotels, not knocking them, but it's just like, right. that's very much like a hotel feels like a hotel almost right. all the time. And Airbnbs, it's like you're living in a neighborhood and you're yeah, driving out what's going down there and you feel that city heartbeat when you're there. And it's such a cool thing that now it's like, it makes sense. Like you are creating an experience. Every Airbnb is different. that creates an experience. Now head into experience-based things. And this just opens the door for a lot of people to offer so many different cool ways to, to integrate people to their cities. And I love that. Yeah, TripAdvisor is a great place to list stuff too. And that's how I've listed a lot of my trips and people find you there. So you can list things on TripAdvisor if it's a day trip, the other places of Eventbrite, and you can have, you know, payment go through there. I think tours, tours by locals is another one people should look at. It's easy to set up, but tours by locals does take a, a larger chunk of the money. So, you sure. know, you want to start with things if you can that you can take most of the, you know, funds if you can, because everything when you first start out is, you know, you're kind of just covering your own expenses and time. Yeah. And that's important. And it's pricing is important. It's important not to price yourself too, too low, because it's hard to move from super low to actually what you're worth. That's and right. there's also a perception, I think, like if someone's hiring a, a photographer, whether it's a band or a I don't know, wedding or, you know, family photo, if they're paying too less, they're expecting, like, I think mentally they're expecting less. If if you presented yourself, yeah. like, you know, even if you've just take, you know, take something and you have a, you don't have to have a huge portfolio, but if you sell yourself a little bigger and you're like, Hey, I can do this and I can do that. It's that perception. It's that perception, like that they're hiring, you know, Mick Rock to take their band's photo. And right you're going to give it to them. <laughs> it's going to, you know, I think it's an equal perception. It forces you to put yourself in those shoes and sometimes gives you that extra, like, I'm going to step up to the challenge and do it. It also changes very often how the client interacts with it, which gives a better performance of whatever it is that they're engaging with. I found as well, where it's yes. like, if I am paying the cheapest thing of this, whatever, I'm going to go there and be like, well, I can throw it out if I don't like it and whatever. I'll show up yes. with whatever on or whatever. And, and if I'm paying a higher price for something, even if that person isn't as good as that might indicate to you, you show up, they show up, everyone's there to do business and be like, yo, let's get the best right. thing. And it changes the way that people perceive on it. Whereas if you charge the worst thing, it just is probably going to be the worst thing because you're not you're not as in it. They're yeah. not as in it. Everyone's just kind of like, who cares about this thing? It's right. just there's a care to it, and you don't have to charge an astronomical rate for someone to to feel that way. In fact, you shouldn't because if you you don't want to underpromise and or I'm sorry, you don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. That's <laughs> the absolute worst. But you you do have to charge what you're worth and also charge what it's worth for them to be engaging with it themselves. If they're, if they're paying someone instead of doing it themselves, they want a certain experience and they want to have it be good. And, and they'll treat like that, there's a better know. respect to that too. I mean, I've, we've all done it. I mean, I've done, you know, bands especially, but then their attitude, like you said, they come in with this attitude like, Oh, well, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't, they don't, they don't really care. Cause they didn't have to like, 
lay out any cash. If they had to lay out some cash, now they're going to show up on time. They're going to have that attitude like, hey, we got to get this picture. It's going to work and we're going to keep and use this picture for a while because we had to pay for it. So it's just puts everybody in a different mindset, which is a much more positive experience. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, I've got like six questions I got to ask at the end, April, but I want to ask one more thing just while we're finishing up on this thing. Where what's your schedule look like in terms of like some of these places that you go to throughout the year? I know you're on the West Coast. You said you do a lot of business on the East Coast. How do you kind of plan out what you're doing for tours? Or is it based off of places that you're trying to see specifically or where these places do best in terms of the, the photography in your eye? What, what's your take on it? Try to, yeah, it's, sometimes it's a balance. I always plan out what I know are going to be the, the top sellers like New England. And sometimes that is a challenge because I do want to explore other places. So sometimes I do reserve a chunk of time or a few days where it's like, you know what, this year I'm going to go scout out something different for myself. Because sometimes if you repeat something too often as a creative, you don't want to get burnt out. You don't want to give like the tired version of something. It still has to be fresh to you. So oftentimes, even though I'm going back to New England and I have my favorite locations that I know clients want to get those images, there's the classics. I always tell that my clients as well, like, you know what, this particular day, there's a few places I've never been yet either. And I have to keep it fresh for myself. So it's going to be a surprise. I've done my research. I've talked to other people and I think it's going to be amazing. And I also have to leave, especially with landscape photography, leaving yourself open so that you can take advantage of something unexpected. You know, you meet someone, maybe a local that tells you like, hey, you know what? The best trees are actually up and over this hill three extra miles. And you're like, you know what, let's switch up this day because look at the sky. It's incredible. Let's go do that. Yeah. Cut this other thing out. So I lay out my calendar with places I've been that I know do well for making my money. And then I always lay out some new areas and do what I call a more inexpensive quote scouting trip, especially if it's the first year I'm offering it. So it kind of gives that newness. And then you know, band photography, some of the other stuff has to fit in there. Sometimes where the other things, where there's openings, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That, make, that makes sense. That's cool. That That's cool that you're, you're aiming for, you know, the things that make sense for the business, the things that make sense for you and uh, the opportunities that can happen as they happen, because sometimes are those are the best ones. Sometimes oh, you, yeah. you, if you leave yourself open to like meeting someone new or, you know, like someone gives you an opportunity instead of saying, no, I'm not going to just travel to New York tomorrow or whatever. You just go like, F it. I'm going to just go do this thing. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's really cool. It leads to some interesting things to happen because a lot of people won't do that. You know, Right. Right. And that's where like, even before I started a few years into my job, when we started doing that 980 schedule, I started really, you know, making sure that I stuck as hard, you know, that was, you know, when there were opportunities to put in extra time when someone else was sick, I knew that sometimes pulling those extra days would pay off like, you know what, I actually am out of vacation time, but I, hey, can I just have this one extra day off for, you know, for myself, I need to go do X or add it onto my vacation time. And after you've built a good relationship like that, it was pretty easy then to do that or even part-time jobs. I took a lot of part-time retail jobs just so I could continue doing these other things that I loved. Totally. That's awesome. All right. So I will ask you the same six questions I ask everyone, if that's cool, April. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, hanging out with me for an hour. No, it's been great. 
First question is, why do you wake up and do what you do every day versus any other thing that you could do? Because I love to have the freedom and the happiness. And just, I think it, I'd be, I'm a much healthier person. I'm a better me, which is a better person to be around for everyone that I encounter. And it's awesome. that, that's what drives me each day to get up. And I'll put in, like you mentioned, it's, it's, I echo that. I'll put in 150 times more towards something I'm passionate about. Yeah. You know, versus going and as I call it, punching the clock for someone else doing something. I used to sit at my desk some days and just look outside and the sky was gorgeous. And then I'd be like, why am I sitting here again doing this? Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah. why? There's got to be a better way. You know, we never know how much time we have. And that's the sad part. And sometimes it takes a wake up call. You know, I had a coworker unexpectedly went on a honeymoon. I, no, it was actually an anniversary trip. and. It was just, you know, unexpected. He choked to death on a a dinner at a restaurant, like just something completely random and horrible like that. Just something that we do every day, just eating dinner. Something we do every day, eating dinner. He talked about, we'd gotten kind of, you know, just we shared a lot of the love of nature, travel, everything. We chatted about this trip he was planning for him and his wife. Yeah. I remember, and, you know, he left. I was like thinking good thoughts. And while he was gone, I just, I don't know, something weird. But then I got that phone call at the office. One of, you know, somebody that knew him asking for a supervisor and my heart just went to the floor and I was like, yeah. And like, no. And I I didn't want to believe it until literally I went to the, you know, like the memorial service and he was young. And at that moment, that's when I'm like, you know what, I'm making plans to get out of this punching the clock situation and yeah. go out and spend every moment I can doing what I love. 100%. I, 100%. Agree I mean, I'll yeah. cut my bill. I mean, I looked at my husband, I'm like, let's cut out whatever we have to cut out. We have to cut the cable, but you know, whatever is unnecessary, more important that we're both happy doing what we love. Yeah. We have plenty of time to experiment, try new things, fail, not do it right, whatever, but we have no time to spend on not pursuing it. You know, right. that's like my vibe on it. It's like, we, there's plenty of time for us to be out there and and have the journey and be present in what you're trying to do and, and not be, you know, down on yourself if you're not exactly where you envisioned yet. But it's like, if you're not pursuing it, then it's like, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah, why and you have why the bother choice. at all? There's right. not and enough time to, to be that way. I, I right. feel as passionately. Yeah, way, I do so. too. All right. Question yeah. number two. Sorry about yes. that. <laughs> no, it's cool. This is, this, is, this is how it rolls. So the next question would be along the way, maybe it's not a mistake, but like, what's something that you would recommend like five years ago, 10 years ago, you, you're like, Hey, don't do this thing. Like maybe it's not the, it, I, I used to say biggest mistake that you've ever had, but a lot of people would be like, well, I would think that it was, but I actually learned this and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of optimistic, awesome people on the show would be like, no, it's actually awesome. But like, say you're like, could take the lesson and give it to someone, but don't live this thing that was not the best choice or not good for me through it. What's something that you'd say along the way? Like, Hey, don't do this thing if you can't. Yeah. I think number one is look at your priorities. And if I could have left that job even five years sooner, I probably should have. Sure. Like I said, I, I mean, you will find a way to put food on your table and put a roof over your head. And yes, maybe you have to make some choices. Maybe you can't live in a mansion. You have to live a little tighter to the bone. But wouldn't you rather be waking up 
on your clock, when it, when you want your clock to go off on your own schedule than on someone else's schedule. Totally. That's the first thing. And the second thing is just, as I mentioned, spending too much time in situations that you try to resolve. You know, if you're button heads with someone, again, it's that element of time. It's like, you know, I spent a lot of time volunteering with a, a photography group and, it, you know, I stepped into like being president and some of that, you know, nonsense. And it's like, it did, it was stressful. It didn't bring me joy. Again, why do something? Yeah. Look at the bigger picture if you can and just try to enjoy each and every moment and you'll find your way. You'll find the steps that make sense. I mean, sometimes you'll just see like, you know what, I've been going this way, but this way is not working. Try something else. You know, like I said, there's many avenues in music photography alone, and that's just one fraction of using a camera. There's so many. Yeah. Flip side to it. What's the best idea that you've ever had? The best idea I've ever had was, I think, following my passion, you know, just trying something new out of the box. I'm not maybe the best photographer. I would clearly say that I'm not, you know, Peter Lick. My photos may not be in the galleries in Vegas, but I still have a passion for showing people the joy of like the back roads of Vermont and the coastline of Maine. And I may not live there, but I'm so passionate about it. I think people pick up on your passion and respond to it. Just like certain clients, it's like, you know, no, I'm not Annie Leibovitz, but if you get me in with the right band, people are like, oh my gosh, you have that connection. And that connection is when you click, when you and someone else clicks, magic happens. You can't even imagine. I mean, I didn't have the best camera when I took some photos for a well-known band, but it's like, and we were literally in an elevator shaft that I I found to do the picture. And it's like, I mean, even for me, that was like a glowing moment. I looked at the photos like, oh my gosh, did I really do that. <laughs> and it's those moments you can't replicate those. Magic will happen. You know, just believe in the process, believe in yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. What would be your biggest superpower, April? Not like a like a Marvel superpower or something like that, but like you as a person, if someone said that you had an, a superpower that that you had, what would it be? I think it's getting people to the right place, getting people just magic. I mean, there's been so many times where I had no idea a bear would cross our path safely. I had no idea that just by running into a local who told me about a road, I'd find a whole nother spot that would be postcard worthy, that would be award winning. I mean, it gives me such joy to take other people somewhere where they're going to get one gentleman called it wall hangers. He's like, okay, April, I'm coming again with you because I want some more wall hangers. And I was like, at first I was like, what is a wall hanger? And he's like, something that I can take a picture and I blow it up, put it on my wall. And everyone is just amazed that I took it just because you showed me, you took me to the spot and I was in the spot. Because I'm not pushing the button for them. I'm just taking them to the spot and encouraging them to be creative. Yeah. Wow. What would be a resource that you'd recommend to the audience? Could be a book or a podcast or a YouTube video or a movie or anything, any any type of resource. I always like to, it can be for business, creative, photography, anything that you like to recommend. Oh, there's so many things. Oh my gosh. Look at someone you're passionate about. I mean, when I look at some of the band photos that Mick Rock took and he was so down on his luck, I mean, he did the iconic image of Queen. He did you know, photos of, you know, Debbie Harry, I mean, just so many photos. And at the time, you know, he was just scraping it to 
together. But again, it was just having that eye and sometimes just continuing to do what he loved and being in that moment. He caught, he captured things with his camera that, you know, he caught a moment. He came up with ideas. So look at people you admire and just absorb, look at everything they've done, you know, whoever that is, because it does kind of eke into your subset, you know, whether it's, you know, reading or if you're a visual person, I mean, I'll just look at any magazine. I used to like look at magazines forever, you know, fashion magazines. I absorbed like crazy when they used to be out and just looking at the poses, looking at the attitudes, looking at the locations, how bare is it? How stark is it? How weird is it to see a model in something super fancy in a crappy location? Well, you know what? Those ideas, they're going to get just going to soak into you and that's going to feed back out. I think creative people, you always need to be feeding yourself. Yeah. It's not like one thing. I mean, I go to exhibits. I miss the Annenberg. The Annenberg in Los Angeles was an amazing photography place. They had a huge photography exhibit. And just to go there was free. Just go in there and look at the photos and walk around and expose yourself to it for a few hours. Yeah. uh, Two points on that. And then we'll get to our last one, which is the easiest question to end (laughs) out here. But two points is I always tell people to be really guarded about what you are intaking for content because I purposely want to kind of water the seeds that I want to water. I want to feed the things that I want to do. And I don't want things that are wasting that you have a a certain amount of time that you can pay attention or process or know what's going on during the day before you just naturally get tired or you can't process it in the way that you can, or you can't be in that all the way. So it's like, be really guarded with what content you're consuming, what podcasts or YouTube videos or movies or Netflix or books or whatever you're taking in, all that does something. Is it doing something positive or is it doing something negative? Because it's sometimes it's really sly what comes in there. And you're like, actually, that's really making me a worse person by consuming it. And it's, it doesn't seem like that, but it just, it, it does over time. But the, the other thing I would say would be, I like also taking content that you're saying constantly feed it. You have to, you like have to, you can't just sit there and listen to the same music, watch the same movies, read no. the same books over and over again. Like we're so complicated animals. Like we need these complexities and you need to feed that. And I also challenge people feed it stuff that you hate. I listen to music that I hate it. I hate it. And, and, and I will listen to it for hours. And I'll be like, why do people like this? Because so yeah. many people like this. Why? Right. And I hate it myself. And I'm never going to pop that on when I'm hanging out with friends or I'm driving on my road trip or whatever. I, maybe I have all that go-to stuff that I've listened to for years. I'm going to pop that stuff on. But I feed it because there's a reason why people like it. And just breaking that down and understanding what is the point to this art is so valuable to me to just get get bombarded and go through that thought process that not only feed it, but feed it stuff that you do and do not like and just see what happens and understand what's happening out of the world. I think that's even traveling too, right? Because there's cities that I'm like, I am never going back to that city again. (laughs) I hate it there, you know, but there's cities where I'm like, this is this is a different way of life. I love the way that this person lives or I love the way that they eat. I'm going to change up something about myself. And it shows me the stuff about my local area that isn't as good as what other people are doing out there. And that's all this stuff is what's your input and and what's it doing for you? Yeah, I completely agree. I used to be like that even in California, I didn't want to go to the desert. I thought, oh, there's nothing out there creatively. I didn't want to go, didn't want to go. 
And finally, another photographer friend, I don't even know, one particular Friday, it was one of those Fridays, I'm like, we started to go to one place and then I noticed the sky and we just kind of like followed this road and ended up out there. And then I wanted to go back again. I was kind of hooked. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Now if we bring some models or we bring a band, I mean, all of a sudden, like a whole new world was opened out up by me being open to doing something that was kind of like out of my comfort zone or my preconceived, like, I'm not going to like it there. I don't want to do that. So yeah. completely agree. Totally. Last one's the easiest, April. And that's just where do people keep up with you and your businesses and stuff? Yeah, sir. Um, fallphototrips.com is easy to remember. Yourphototravelguide.com. Instagram, it's fall photo trips. Also, April art photos. I started just a short little TikTok channel just to have fun with it, you know, give people quick clips and show some stuff in Vegas. So, there's a lot of different ways to find me. And if you're thinking about getting into photography, I definitely want to encourage people to go out and pursue that passion. There's so many different ways you can go with it nowadays. So video, photography, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Well, April, thank you so much for being on. Anyone out there that couldn't jot down those really quick, list, go to uh, wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes or whatever you're listening to on, just go down below and you'll see all of April's links will be there for you to go engage with her, hang out on her stuff and check it out. But April, thank you for taking the time and, and chatting with me on this Thursday night. It's nice to do another West Coast, East Coast connection, but you actually absolutely adore where I live at instead I of did. saying that it's too cold. <laughs> no, I, w- I would totally come out there in the winter. I almost did. I mean, just the red barns and the landscapes in winter. Totally amazing. Yeah. So and I really I am Cali glad we too. connected. I mean, I'm so glad we connected, Dave. I love talking to other creatives. It's so much fun. Hell yeah. Yeah.